The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 24, Conflict Resolution and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to The Leaderpreneur Show the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey of their own. If you like the show, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by going to leaderpreneurshow.com and smashing that subscribe button. You can subscribe on any of the podcast directories out there. So just pick the one that works best for you. And we'd be honored to have you as a regular listener. Today, as always, I'm joined by my great friend, my co-host, my partner in crime. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. He's Michael Tanner. Hey, Michael, my friend, how is it going this week? Man, Stephen, I've had a great week. How about you? Oh, just fantastic, man. Enjoying life, enjoying the weather, and um, just trying to, to stay, just trying to keep from getting sick with all this uh, uh, coronavirus yeah. stuff, man. So I'm just trying to, to, to stay safe. No kidding, man. Wash your hands. You bet. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Same here. Same here. Yeah. We've had a few cases here in Georgia. But uh, yeah, my, I'm just washing my hands. You know, the, be- the best, the best, yeah, I hear you. Uh, likewise. And just trying to uh, figure out the hand sanitizer and all kind of uh, products. I'm trying to scratch my head, figuring out why they're flying off the shelves. I don't quite understand it all, but you know, everybody responds and reacts differently to things and, and that's okay. And, uh, you know, just, I'm glad to know that we can come together and not have to think about that for a few minutes. It can actually think about uh, a leadership discussion and topic. And I can't wait yeah. to hear what we have this week. Um, listen, man, we've got a topic that is so much more sexy than the coronavirus. Yeah. And that's conflict resolution. Oh, man. I mean, who doesn't want to talk about conflict resolution? So, exactly. yeah, that, let's, let's dive into conflict resolution. How about that? Let's do it. So last week we talked about, uh, you know, just those difficult conversations and how to have, have them. And so we um, teased it a little bit and told our audience, well, this week we're going to talk about, well, when you actually have a conflict to resolve and what is key to that. And so we're going to kind of share with you the key to conflict resolution. But let me first uh, just describe for our audience a couple of different scenarios that you might find yourself in as a leader that qualifies as conflict resolution. One, as a leader, you might be a mediator between two team members and and conflict between those two team members requires you to to mediate here and and play the go-between and kind of resolve this conflict. And conflict, typically, it's involving some type of emotion, right? Some type of anger, some type of frustration, some type of hurt feelings or something like that, right? So that's really what differentiates a conflict from just a difficult situation or a difficult conversation is you've got some kind of emotion here, anger, frustration, something like that. And the first scenario is you're the leader, you're the mediator between two team members. The second scenario, and it can arise, you as the leader, you are also involved in the conflict. So it's you and another team member and you have a conflict. You have some emotion that has, has arisen between the two of you that you have to resolve. And the good news is the key that we're going to share today 
and the results you'll get from using this key to conflict resolution, it applies in both scenarios. Now, the key in the second scenario is you're involved in the conflict, and therefore you've got to have the emotional intelligence to identify what is the emotion you are feeling. But once you identify that, or once you identify the emotion that the two team members, if you're the mediator, once you identify that emotion, the key to conflict resolution is this. That is to acknowledge out loud the emotions or the feelings that those individuals are experiencing. So let me give you an example of this. So maybe you have two team members and they have been in some type of argument or something like that. They have some type of conflict between them and you're playing the role of the mediator. You're going to look at one of them and both of them, you're going to acknowledge their feelings and their emotions, but you're going to look at one of them and you're going to say something along these lines. I have to imagine right now you're feeling pretty frustrated, right? And what you've just done, you've, you've acknowledged that there is emotion involved in this conflict. You've did, you've done everything that you can to specifically identify that emotion and you've said it out loud. Right. So, so everyone in the room has now heard this feeling, this emotion of frustration. Now, let me tell you a little bit about why this is important. So often when we're in these conflicts, we don't even recognize we have that emotion. We, we're just, we're acting and behaving and responding and talking out of our emotions, but we don't know that, or we don't recognize often that that's the source of the words I just said. Uh, you've been married for quite some time. I've been married for quite some time. I'm sure you can think of plenty of times where you said something to your spouse out of emotion. And it was only after the fact that you thought to yourself, man, I can't believe I said something like that. I can't believe I, how stupid of me or, or whatever. And that's because we act and we behave and we respond and we say things out of emotion. But at the moment, we don't recognize that we're angry and that we said it. And so that's why it's important to Name it and name it out loud so that we just acknowledge to everybody in this situation, there's emotions evolved here and we need to remove the emotions. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I think that's critical. As you say, To it's important to me and what I heard you say is this acknowledgement, this notion of acknowledging the emotion because how many times, and I know I've experienced this personally and I'm sure you have as well, you walk up on you walk up on a situation where two team members are you know debating, arguing, whatever level it may be in. There's some conflict happening. You walk up onto it, and you know my style, my personality, personality is I immediately go into like problem solving mode. Right? I'm trying to I'm trying to go. Okay, let's let's. What's the three things that are going on here? What's the three things that are going on there? And I'm going to go look for a resolution. That's where my kind of my mind naturally goes. So I have to tell myself, okay, don't try to solve this like it's a math formula here because we have these emotions. And these two team members, for example, if I go up on on and walk up on to them and, and begin to try to solve this, they're going to look at me going, you don't even know what we're talking about here. You know, why are you even talking to us? Because you have no clue as to the issue, the concern, my emotion, and also by acknowledging this as you as you walk through, by acknowledging upfront that there is an emotional 
uh, presence there in each one of these parties, um, what you're doing is saying, hey, guys, I recognize that this is a largely driven on some emotion. So I acknowledge that. And by doing so, I make them uh, recognize that I'm just not trying to come up and just start shooting solutions at them, that I recognize that there's uh, some surface emotions we've got to work through and understand. And then that's going to make them more apt to allow me into that conversation to try to, uh, you know, be a bridge, to be a, um, a mediator, to be whatever it is for that conversation, that topic, and that you know, potential resolution. It's going to give me much more credibility walking into that as opposed to just, you know, trying to shoot off solutions to them that they're going to, you know, just defense mechanisms already up because of the emotion. And it's going to go even higher with a third party walking in, all of a sudden, this person knows everything and they're going to solve this. So I think it's it's so critical that this acknowledgement of this is uh, upfront and recognized. Yeah, it's so true there. I mean, you know, when you talked about you're a fixer and you tend to come up, you know, come into the situation where we got to do this and then that and then this. And well, here's where, where you're, you're, here's what you're doing wrong there, Stephen. You're thinking rationally. But these two individuals at the moment are thinking emotionally. Right. And no matter how much rationalization you try to do until you deal with the emotions, you're not going to get them to the point of thinking with you rationally. Right. And so that's the importance of this acknowledgement of the, um, you know, of the, of the emotion out loud. Again, you got to say it out loud. You can't just, Oh, this guy, you can't just think to yourself, this guy's probably angry right now. You actually have to say it out loud because when you say it out loud, you're going to get these results here that we we talk in just a moment. But that's where you're trying to get these two individuals is exactly where you were talking about. You're trying to get them to the point where they can now listen and participate in the rational fixing of the solution, right? So let's talk about what to expect. What kind of results can you expect? And again, we'll use the the mediator know, situation. So you, you go in as a mediator and you look at these two individuals, you look at one of them and you say, I got to imagine right now you're feeling pretty frustrated. What can you expect? What kind of results can you expect when you say that as you're trying to uh, mediate this conflict resolution? And the first one that I'll say is you're probably going to experience or see, it's more likely that you're going to see this more than hear it, but you're probably going to see some level of acknowledgement on that person that you're talking to, right? So you look at one of them and say, I have to imagine that you're feeling pretty frustrated right now. You're going to see, they're probably going to nod their head up and down or, or some expression on their face is going to change that, that just, you know, that tells you, yeah, you just connected the dots. You, they just recognize, yeah, I am feeling pretty frustrated right now. You'll see their body language tend to, to change. Maybe they're, you know, standing there kind of cross-handed, cross-armed, and, and, and as they nod their head in acknowledgement of this emotion, they'll kind of drop their hands down. Or So you'll see this physical acknowledgement. And occasionally they'll say something like, you know what, you're right. Uh, but you'll see an acknowledgement on their part that, yes, there's an emotion involved, and you've just identified what that emotion is. And that's a key critical component to getting to rationalization is recognizing and acknowledging that uh, uh, that emotion. So what's your thoughts there on that first just acknowledgement? 
Yeah, again, it's I think it's so critical. And if you're going to get to an ultimate place where there is a solution, sometimes there's not a good solution to every problem, right? You can't can't solve everything that, you know, by the book one, two, three, and it's a formula and emotion oftentimes plays a huge role in a person's willingness to be open-minded, to think through different possibilities, to consider the other person's point of view. That's why this acknowledgement up front is so key because it begins to lower the lower the, you know, if you're a Star Wars or a Star Trek fan, you know, the, you got the shield, right? You got to put, you got to put the shield down a little bit. And, and so important what you said that resonates with me is the body language. And it, it, it sometimes you don't have to say a word, but yet you speak volumes with your eyes, with your facial expressions, with your posture. And you made a good point about people that cross that are kind of stiff and cross their arms, you know, that just tells me, are they really open to thinking through ways to solve it? Or is their defense mechanism, this barrier of emotion still so high that we're not ready to get into trying to solve yet? We still have to work through some of the emotional dynamics of this conflict. And it's, it's hard to solve. And I made a note of this. It's hard to solve any problem when you're trying to penetrate this emotional barrier, right? Because it, it's this, it's like, a, uh, it, I don't know, I'm thinking of uh, like National Geographic or something like a, like a rhinoceros or a, this is a, a horrible example, but it's, it's, you know, they have these thick skins, you know, and it's hard to pierce the skin. And it's, it's, it's almost impossible or or a a crocodile or something. They have this scaly exterior that, you know, it's hard to penetrate through and same with emotions. It's this, it's this barrier that prevents the good, the resolution, the conflict from being um, ultimately resolved. So uh, I think, I think you're right without that first step, the acknowledgement, the emotion to being able to wade through and walk through and, and lower that defense mechanism without that, you really can't even move on to the next step. And you can't expect to, to get traction in any of the following steps. It just, it just won't be successful. Right. No, you're, you're totally right. And, and, and that's kind of the second thing, the second result that you can expect, right? So you, you get that in, initial acknowledgement from that individual that they're feeling frustrated or angry or hurt or whatever it might be, right? You get that initial acknowledgement of that. And then you'll start to see that particular emotion starts to deflate. Now, you know, this is not some magic wand, right? The anger or the frustration or the hurt, it doesn't just disappear instantly just because they nodded their head. But you do see that uh, it, it starts to deflate a, a bit. Uh, we're going to talk about it in just a, in, in the next item. But you, as you alluded to, also, their defenses start to go down a little bit. But you're going you're going to start to see and you're going to start to hear in their willingness to talk uh, through th- this this conflict, you're going to see the emotion of anger, hurt, frustration, whatever it is, you're going to see that start to melt away. And hopefully, you know, throughout the, the conversation, more and more of that emotion melts away, more and more rationalization comes into, um, into the, to the conversation and so forth. But you'll see that emotion just kind of melt away over the course of the conversation. 
Yeah, absolutely. And now you can actually start thinking about solving the problem, right? Because the, the melting away of this emotion, uh, you know, and I think about it, I go up to guys or, or a team or two people that are, you know, I, I perceive maybe that there's a conflict and sometimes it's, you know, bad on my part for assuming that too. So it's, it's, you've got to really understand as a leader, you got to know your team and you say it all the time. And I agree totally. It's, it's about these relationships that you have with your team and to understand the relationships that not only you have with your team members and your leaders, leaders or supervisors or individual contributors, it's really having an awareness of the relationships and those relationships they have with each other, because that will help you really understand and be able to insert yourself appropriately to uh, potential conflicts. So what I might do is I kind of go up and, and say, Hey guys, it's going to be okay. You know, if I think there's an issue, I'll, I'll go up and literally put my arms around both of them, stand in the middle and say, Hey, it's going to be okay. Everything good. Um, and you can find out really quickly if there's a potential issue or not going on, especially if you know your team. So at the root of all of this, good leaders understand their teams. It doesn't mean you have to go drink beer with them. It doesn't mean you have to hang out and, and do things outside of work um, that maybe you're uncomfortable with. But what it does mean is engaging, understanding, knowing enough about them as human beings, as people, uh, and recognizing the personality types and traits that they have, recognizing their strengths, their weaknesses, how they interact with others. And that go, that can go so far in not only recognizing potential conflicts, but it can also go to the emotions that they most typically lean on when things get a little confrontational, right? Because it's, it's, it's kind of their comfort zone. And, and some people go to different places when they find themselves in the conflict, they can get kind of very guarded, they could lash out, they could get very quiet, they could um, use certain words and, and knowing your team is a really effective way at beginning to resolve conflict uh, when you see it on, on your team. Yeah, such good points there, Stephen. And in, in, in a few minutes, we're going to get to result number four, where I talk about emotional clarity. And be sure to remind me of, of this, that I, I want to, you know, make the point that when you get emotional clarity, sometimes you'll, you recognize there's really not a conflict and you've inserted yourself, but, but there's not a conflict, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. But, you know, number two, again, is this, the emotions are going to start to deflate. They're going to become more open to talk and discuss through this. And then you're going to start to see the defenses go down. Now, you've, you know, you've inserted yourself here as the mediator. These two individuals, they're full of emotion. And when people get full of emotion, almost doesn't matter what the emotion is, the defense mechanisms go up, right? And and accusations start flying back and forth and, and all that. But, but you know those defensive walls have gone up already, right? So you know the defenses are up. And now through this acknowledging this emotion and, and seeing that, that emotion start to deflate, now you start to see the defensive walls start to break down as well. And you're going to start to see this in, again, their openness to talk through the situation a little bit more. And you'll actually start to see those two individuals 
they typically start to actually agree with one another or they start to, well, yeah, I see your point or, or I, yeah, I understand it from your viewpoint now. Right. So you see it in the conversation, the defenses start to go down. Whereas it, while the emotions are high and while the defense, defense walls are up, you'd never hear one of them say, well, yeah, I see your point now. But as the defensive walls start to go down, you see in their language back and forth with one another that they're starting to let their defenses down. And that's the result number three you'll get from acknowledging out loud these emotions. Thoughts there? Yeah, you're right. It's now you're now you're starting to get to the point of the conflict that logical minds start to think about things and the defenses are are down. There's beginning to be this realization or recognition that many, many times we we're talking or having a conflict about something. It's not even really a problem here. So sometimes as a leader, when you go into these situations, trying to, you know, loaded for bear to solve a problem, you're, you may be trying to solve a problem that ultimately doesn't even exist because if, if you've helped them successfully uh, reduce the emotional uh, shield and the barriers, now you've created an environment where logical minds start to think about the, the reality of the conversation and now they'll begin to talk through it amongst themselves, potentially. And as a mediator, as a leader who has recognized this conflict, now you can start to add more value because you've gotten to a point where they're listening more. The, the emotional state isn't plugging their ears anymore like it was. And they're more apt to, it doesn't always happen as easily, but they're more apt to recognize points of view, differences, and things like that, that at least be somewhat open-minded, uh, just depending on the situation. But now you have a chance. You have a chance to make some progress in resolving the conflict with these two team members. And if you have a chance, now we can, uh, you know, begin to move this to, to a resolution. Uh, that yes. There doesn't have to be a winner and a loser. There just needs to be an outcome that is logical, that's right, that people agree on. And um and if you can get there, it's it's a pretty good uh, it's a pretty good outcome in my point from my point of view. Yeah, you've definitely resolved the conflict, uh, conflict when you get to that point. Well, let me talk about this emotional clarity that I alluded to, and and th- the first three I talked through those, and and those are going to kind of happen in sequential order, right? You're going to get that acknowledgement, then you're going to get the emotions start to kind of fade away, and then you're going to get the defensives uh, starting to fade away. But number four here that I want to share with is emotional clarity. Uh, this might be the first thing that you get in the, in doing this, uh, acknowledging these emotions. And, and that is, you're going to get the clarity from that person. Um, and, and it might be, it sounds something like this. So you would say that one of the, one of the individuals involved in this conflict, hey, I got to imagine right now you're feeling pretty frustrated. And they may come right back out, right back at you and say, no, I'm not frustrated. I'm angry. Okay, great. We've just acknowledged out loud the emotion that you're feeling. And, and now you can go right back to number one. You're go, okay, all right, I get it. You're feeling angry now. Um, and then you're going to get the emotions start to deflate, and then you're going to get the defensive. So, so the key is someone, you as a mediator, if, if you've pinpointed the emotion appropriately, or maybe them if they've given you the clarity on that, but someone has said out loud, 
what is the emotion that is feeling? Um, and that's the emotional clarity that I'm talking about. Because you may get that response. No, I'm not feeling frustrated. I'm feeling angry. Now, one of the things I wanted to, to uh, point out uh, that you alluded to was sometimes there's not a conflict. Uh, in, in the world that I work, work in, uh, software development, um, we, you know, we engineers, uh, we can really, really get passionate about our solution, our products. We call it our architecture or our design and our software to, um, to solve a, a business problem. And oftentimes what we'll do is we'll get on a a huge whiteboard and we'll whiteboard all, you know, block diagram, all of our solution. Then another guy, he's going to block diagram his solution. And we're going to argue back and forth, which is better and so forth. And sometimes as an outsider, you'll look at that and think, man, those guys are killing one another. They're going to tear each other apart. They're angry at one another and, and so forth. And you, and you might insert yourself into that and say, Hey guys, I look, I got to imagine right now you're feeling pretty angry. And they may respond to you, what? What are you talking about? I'm not angry. We're just debating on which architecture is the better, you know, better. And, and those two guys have a wonderful working relationship. That's just the way that they debate on what's better for the product. But again, in that case, you've gotten the emotional clarity, right? You thought they were angry. Well, they just clarified it for you. No, they're not angry at all. And now you know more about their working relationship and so forth. So that emotional clarity, it'll come in the, in the sense of you're wrong. I'm not frustrated. I'm angry. Or it may come in the sense of, yeah, there's, there's not really any emotions here at all. This is our working relationship. And if that's the case, fine. You don't have a conflict to resolve. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny how, uh, it, it to us, it's a problem to them. It's just normal business. And that's the way they work. You, you yeah. engineers, man, I know how you engineers are. And you, <laughs> you know, passion's an emotion, my friend. And you know, that is true. That's an emotion. You're exactly right. But, right. but what I heard you say is this is a, a controlled emotion for getting to an outcome that they both can agree on. And, and I, I love, I love passion. I've, I'm okay. And I tell my team, uh, I don't want you all to just agree with everything I say, right? I, I can, I, I don't need that. I don't want that. I want, I have an opinion. One thing is for sure is I usually have an opinion about things and that doesn't mean that I'm inflexible. That doesn't mean that I don't hear other points of view. That just means that I have an opinion based on information I have and I want to hear what your opinion is. And at the end of the end of the conversation, let's choose what the right best opinion is to go forward with as a team. It doesn't have to always be mine. Um, and, and I don't get angry, you know, an emotion. I don't get upset an emotion. Uh, I just recognize that, that I have an opinion as I expect others to have an opinion. And I want people to have passion as you just kind of walk through to, to stand up for their beliefs and their opinions. And I think having a strong team that's willing to engage in meaningful dialogue and debate gets you so much further down the road to success and what winning looks like. And that's, you know, something I think about as you, as you say that. And another thing I think about is, uh, you know, this problem solving mentality that I find myself kind of naturally gravitating towards that I have to stop, pull back and say, okay, don't try to solve everything. It's okay. Um, I had a, a guy I worked with, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, his name was Larry. Um, he's, he's a good old boy from the South, a uh, great guy, just 
phenomenal guy, but he looked at life through just a real common sense approach. And he would tell me, he would say things like, you know, these are big old grown up people here, right? These are big old grown up people. And I think about that a lot because uh, when I look at two people that may be in conflict, I think to myself, you know, what would Larry say? Larry would say, these are big old grown up people. Don't try to solve everything for people, right? These are adults. And sometimes to step back and allow that conversation to come to a crescendo, get to a place of resolution organically, don't always feel like you have to go solve or engage or be a mediator on everything that happens in your organization or within your team, because we have to let adults solve problems. And I don't want to be running around the company all day long, trying to get in the middle of these conversations. I want people to solve them themselves and I will be available to help wherever I think I'm needed and I can add value. But that's something I think about uh, a lot too. let people work their problems out within you know, but there's parameters. Certainly we don't want to, you know, get into a throwing content. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about reasonable people with a disagreement, trying to work through something. It's okay to let them work through it. Uh, as long as you know what those boundaries are. Yeah, no. And, and you've, you've taken us right into what I'll say is result number five that you can expect. So yeah, you'll get the emotional clarity. You'll get the acknowledgement of the emotion and the and the emotions will tend to deflate and the defenses will go down. And finally, you'll be at the point that you really want to get to, and that is rational thought. Um, you know, you, you talked about earlier, you you tend to want to come in as the fixer and, and just immediately go into the steps to resolve this, but you're thinking rationally and they are not. But now by acknowledging this emotion and getting these results we've talked about, now all three of you are thinking rationally. And to the point you were just making, you may arrive at a situation now, since everybody's thinking rationally, they actually resolve it themselves. And you don't even have to offer the, that list of things to fix it. You just sit back and watch them go back and forth rationally in conversation and then work it out themselves. Now, maybe you do have to insert yourself, maybe you don't. But the, the good news is you're all three thinking rationally now rather than thinking emotionally. And so you you have a hope there that you can get to a good resolution. Now it's not necessarily going to make everybody happy and all that. And I'm sure our listeners wanted us to give them, you know, we'll do these three steps, right? If you'll just check off these three boxes, you'll get to a solution that makes everybody happy. Well, no, actually resolving the conflict is situational, right? I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but at least now you're all three thinking rationally and you have a, a hope of getting to a resolution everybody can agree to. Whereas in the beginning, with the emotions flying high, there's very, very little hope you're going to get to some kind of resolution that everybody agrees upon. Yeah, I, I agree. So um, really, really great conversation. And, and one thing that uh, so you, you do a great job of walking us through each week, kind of we have these five things we're going to talk about. And I do a horrible job of staying within those boundaries, right? I just... I just fly all over the place. 
you you lead us very well from one right into the other. I mean, sometimes I think you're cheating. And uh, notes or well, you know, it's uh, I cannot be bound by Michael Tanner's list of talking uh, points for the week, right? I just, I just, uh, but all right, yeah. So I, I don't know if this is conflict. If we got to resolve this, I'm feeling a little uh, anxious here. Yeah, I need to acknowledge some emotions. <laughs> there we <Yeah>. go. <laughs> but and, and Michael's right. There's there's no step by step formula for solving conflict. You know why? Because they're human beings that are engaged. There are emotions that can be any uh, range of different emotions. There's different situations, severity of the conflict. There's uh, all types of variables. And the step by step process is to recognize step one is that there's no step by step process. And step two is every situation is different. Figure out the point of where you insert yourself into that conversation, if at all. Let people work through things to the extent that's reasonable. Be there to support, acknowledge the emotion, uh, uh, be a, a third a set of ears that might be able to hear things a little bit differently when there's still a little of emotional uh, barrier that you're working through and just work to solve the issue the best you can. And sometimes you just walk away and agree that it's not resolved. And um, that's a resolution. That's a resolution that says, we're not going to resolve this right now. We need to go off and let this breathe a little bit and come back to it later and encourage the, those folks to do that. So um, I think it's a great conversation, something that the audience and listeners, uh, and you take a step back and you think about, there's a lot you can do to encourage solutions, but there's a lot that you should intentionally not do to also enable that to occur. So what, what, uh, any loose ends on this topic, Michael, or are we well, pretty, pretty clear? Well, yeah, I don't want to prolong it, but you just brought up a really good point that I think we should elaborate on. And, and that is sometimes you do need to uh, avail the situation to time. Right. And, and again, that's, that's rational thought that, you know, you might have a, a conflict where the emotions are so high that even though you get acknowledgement and you get the emotions deflated, they may be so high that just in the 30 minutes or whatever that you have right then, you're not going to get the emotions down low enough. And so what you need to do in that time at that moment is say, look, Hey, let's come back tomorrow and let's talk about this tomorrow. Give this some time because time tends to deflate our emotions also. Right. And so again, that's just you as a mediator, at least you're thinking rationally here and you just recognize, look, Hey, we don't, we don't have enough time to keep talking about this, that we're going to get these emotions down low enough to get to rational thought. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick this back up tomorrow. Um, so that's a, that's a very good point that you make. Sometimes you got to just give it time. And it's really, and it's really no different that if you're part, one of the parties in the conflict yourself, uh, and you're not trying to mediate it, it the principles still stay the same, right? Just yeah. recognize you know, be self-aware enough to recognize that a lot of this is going to be driven by emotion and to take a deep breath, take a mental step back, let this kind of wash off of you a little bit, these emotional feelings, and then work through the, the issue or the uh, challenge that you're trying to overcome. What you cannot do as a person that's in the middle of this conversation, as one of the parties, is control what the other person how they respond, how they react, what they say, what they think. And, and what you can do is control yourself and your emotional state. They're going to have to do that for themselves. If they do it successfully or enough, then you can get to a, a point of resolution. Great. If you can't, to Michael's point, take a, take a step back, agree to come back together 
when those defenses or those emotions are a little more in check and, and solve it then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think uh, the call to action in this leadership tip for today is just, you know, when you find yourself, whether you're in the conflict or you're playing mediator here, uh, don't be afraid to out loud acknowledge the emotions that are involved. Again, uh, because people are behaving and responding according to their emotions, but they oftentimes don't even recognize what that emotion is that's driving their behavior. And so it's just really, really important to out loud acknowledge it. Uh, you're not acknowledging it in a way that makes them a bad person or makes it, ba you know, a, a bad emotion that they're experiencing or whatever. You're just out loud acknowledging, hey, you got to, you, you must be feeling angry right now. And that will give you the results that we alluded to that will lead to eventually rational thoughts so that you can resolve it. So that's your call to action. Don't be afraid to out loud acknowledge the emotions as a starting point in conflict resolution. All right. Sounds great. Great topic. Great discussion. And looking forward to, um, you know, getting uh, feedback from the listeners. Hopefully you find this helpful and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, just drop Absolutely. us a, just drop us a line and Michael will go over all those particulars here in a bit like he always does. But we're going to move now to our one of our favorite segments is behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah, pulling the curtain back behind yeah. the scenes. Behind the scenes. Well, and I, and I, all the messiness that happened. You, you bet. And I'm going to start it, but I'm going to start it by talking about you. And okay. today we're recording this um, uh, on a weekday, uh, a little off our typical pattern, but uh, we're just getting, getting ahead uh, an episode or two here. But today I was fortunate enough, fortunate enough to attend the first community, what did you call it? Community uh, gathering. Gathering, a community yep. gathering that Michael has in his uh, Credible Leaders community. And you can find that at community.credibleleaders.com. And um, I'm just I'm just so impressed uh, with, with how this has gotten the traction. I know we, we spoke last week about about growing the membership and, and growing up to 30, 35 now uh, into that range and, and just getting people uh, off of Facebook and off of other traditional uh, social platforms to come over to your own private community. That's a, it's a mighty network community uh, that you're putting together. I'm really impressed with the speed of which that community is growing. And I really like the way that you're being intentional about uh, the community gathering on Wednesdays and we attended the first one today and we had, uh, there were four people on the call and uh, even someone internationally, which I found to be very impressive. Uh, right. You know, he, he, he joined and um, we had another gentleman that joined the call and added just a ton of value and, and input and information that was helpful to the community. So I just want to say, wow, I'm really impressed by that. And I just encourage all the listeners out there, if you're interested in leadership and you're interested in getting other thoughts, opinions, and perspectives on this notion of leadership, community.credibleleaders.com, get into the community, see what Michael's offering. Uh, absolutely. You know, there's no cost. Everything's free. It's about service. It's about serving yep people in leadership and just uh, really helping others get perspective in leadership and, and different topics. So I just wanted to start off by saying, man, I was really impressed today with that. 
Well, man, Stephen, I, I really appreciate you saying that. I mean, yeah, the, for me, the community is all about that that camaraderie, that that learning together, that support that you get. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to to get it out of the say the Facebook group world where you got algorithms that that sometimes squash your message, or or maybe you ask a question, but nobody else in the group sees it because of the algorithms and I'm trying to avoid things like, you know, trolls that that show up in Facebook groups that are going to make you feel dumb because you ask a, a question. And so really trying to build a community where everybody is supporting the growth of everybody else and, and really wanted to uh, foster this relationship uh, that oftentimes in an online community is really, really hard to foster. Maybe you have people in a community that happen to live nearby each other and they can do coffee together or something like that. And you may get in these communities, these one or two individuals that get good close relationships. But my hope is, you know, everybody in the community feels like they have a good close relationship with a lot of people in the community. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people in the community. And one of the ways I'm trying to do that is with these weekly community gatherings. It's a live Zoom call uh, where we can hear each other, we can see each other. It's not where, you know, if you have a question for me, the presenter, type it into the chat room and, you know, and I'll read your question and try to answer it for you. No, we're, we're talking to one another, right? And, and so we see each other on video, we hear each other. And so it's, it's just all about, let me get to know other leaders, other people uh, that I can contribute to but then also they can contribute to me and my growth as a leader and career advancement and so forth. So I really appreciate you saying that. I, I enjoyed, uh, other than the technical snafu that, that we had at the end, I really enjoyed tonight's, uh, uh community gathering. Uh, and I look forward to posting that video. Um, for those that can't attend it live, the intention is to post the video so they can still watch and enjoy the content as well. But we talk about a leadership topic. It's not just, Hey, let's get together and, you know, and uh in fellowship we actually talk and discuss through leadership topics as well so and, that, and i it, think it, it, i think that's what i was most impressed by it wasn't just show up and see who says what right it was yeah it was that's what i, I like about the way you teach and you serve others is it you show up with a message you show up with an intent you show up with a with a, this is the topic tonight and uh, it could go many different directions, but it's going to be a discussion. It's not going to be me giving you the five points of, of uh, whatever the topic is. It's going to be me putting some, some bait in the water and using the bobber to go up and down with it. And then we're, we're going to, you know, get people to, to latch on and be part of the conversation. And that's the beauty of the word community. It's, it's a conversation. It wasn't a, a, uh, in a Michael's going to tell you his view on w the world. It's going to be, let's, let's kick off this discussion. Here are some things we could consider part of the discussion. Let me hear what you think your views and let's serve each other here and talk about, uh, talk about what that looks like and what that could mean and how we could get better. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the intention, right? I want to, I want it to be real. I want it to be you know, real for everyone and, and everyone have the, the ability and the and afforded the opportunity to, um, to express themselves in a way that makes it real to them too. Again, not just watching me as I flip through some slides. I mean, I, I didn't even have a slides. So, um, 
it's not just watching me flip through slides and listen to some lecture. And as I said, you know, type in your questions in a chat window and I'll try to, no, it's not that. It's very much a community gathering. It just happens to be online. Uh, but the good news is, you know, we're getting to know one another. We're, we're learning leadership stuff and we're building relationships. And that's the whole point. Leadership is relationship. I've heard that somewhere before. I'm not, I'm sure you have. I'm not sure where I heard that, but uh, no, I, I think it's, I think it's a really great step forward. I know a lot of what you're doing in your business right now is, is really about building this community up and, and getting people to, uh, uh, you know, just, just start the engagement process and, and, and your consistency and how you show up and are able to serve people, I think is a key to it. And you've, it's one thing I know about you is, is you're consistent. You show up when you say you're going to be there. And uh, with that, I think people will now begin slowly, but surely you're going to wake up and three months, six months from now, and you're going to have, you know, 50 people on this call and you're going to say, I need a bigger Zoom room. Exactly. I may right? have to, I may have to get a bigger deal with Zoom. So yeah, you have to go to I'm, webinar I'm jam okay with that webinar jam. That's the, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, if it gets big enough that I need another account with Zoom or whomever, yeah, I, yeah I'll get it. I'll get it. It's excellent. So no, good stuff, man. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, plodding along here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm on a vacation this week. So I'm, I'm using some of this time to, to clean up some loose ends on, on, um, uh, you know, just some posts that I'm doing and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm working more on my course. And I created yesterday a, uh, uh, a, a new PowerPoint, uh, template to use. I'm going to take a different approach. I went through a course called the online course accelerator. It was free, and it's, it's through the podcast that I may have shared. It's called the uh, onlinecourseguy.com, uh, but, but it's a it's pretty good podcast. And um, you, you go on there and you, you, you go to, to ClickFunnels through his, through his account, uh, through his affiliate. You buy, the, you buy the, let me look here. It's by the Expert Secrets book. It's basically, oh, yeah, it, okay. it was $7.99. It's like eight bucks. And it's basically pay for shipping. It's eight bucks. And he gives you his full course on building on the online course and building the funnels and all. So it's very good, actually. So I bought an eight dollar book and I got his whole course and all. So that was that was pretty good. So I'm learning just a ton uh, yeah. about about that process and different perspectives. So um, as a result, I'm kind of cleaning up some of my material and I'm going to start shooting some video here to get, uh, some of those modules built out. Um, and, and my thing is I just got to get started. I'm a, you know, I, I, I'm finding all of the tech nerdy stuff to do cause I enjoy that, but I got to just focus on content and, yeah. and really once I get that going, I think I'll be able to then knock it out pretty quickly. But, uh, I, I am the type of personality that I'm a, I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. I want things to be perfect. I've got to keep telling myself over and over again, like I coach others to do, I struggle with it myself is, is, you know, you, you can't wait for all lights to be on green before you go through the intersection, get it out there, improve it. You know, don't, don't wait for perfection. Otherwise no one will ever get to see or experience anything you have. And that's something I'm, I have to acknowledge in myself and, um, and prevent from just being paralyzed. So those are things I'm yeah. working on and myself. Yeah. Well, well, look, as you're, podcast co-host as your uh, mastermind, you know, 
member and and as your friend, a couple yeah. of things I'll say there. You, you're you're right. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. If you wait for perfect, then people will never see your perfect, and you'll rob them of your good and your great. Yeah, that's... Uh, so get your good and your great out there, and don't worry about your pro- your perfect. But also, as your friend, I'll say this: Hey, dude, you're on vacation. Ah, you're still doing a whole lot of stuff. I know. Just make sure. You're getting that rest. You're getting that family time and all that that you need as a part of vacation. You, Be sure that's happening. You know, I had all these day trips planned this week, but in Phoenix, Arizona, this week has been raining every single day. It's again, it's, you're welcome. You're it, welcome. It's I, like I'm in Atlanta. Your way from Georgia. It, it's it's absolutely just, and there's a flash flood warning in effect till you know it's Wednesday as we're recording this until Friday at 5 p.m. It's miserable. There's nothing we can go do outside for day trips, really. Um, Yeah, I can't even take the dog out for a walk because, I mean, she's so used to the sun every day. She's not used to the water on the ground. I I can imagine you guys in a flash flood warning. I mean, that's probably the equivalent for us to a (laughs) A sprinkle. That's like a sprinkle for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we don't of, yeah. we don't do we with floods well. From a half inch, you know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. But no, that's what's going on with me. And uh, you got a lot of good stuff going. You wanna you wanna talk about next week and close us up? Yeah. So next week we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk about you as the leader. What do you do when you find yourself needing to motivate or encourage a losing team? Right. Uh, and by losing team, I mean you're going after a goal, and at the moment it doesn't look like you're going to achieve that goal. And as a leader, what do you need to do to motivate and encourage that team that at the moment is losing? So we're going to talk about that uh, with our audience next week. So uh, your call to actions today, don't forget to acknowledge emotions when you're resolving conflict. Acknowledge the emotions so that you can eventually get the rational thought so that you can resolve that conflict. That's your call to action there. Uh, You can find today's show notes at leaderpreneurshow.com, leaderpreneurshow.com. You'll find the show notes for today's episode and every other episode as well. All things Stephen, coaching, podcast, um, uh, his uh, articles, his MRO guide and video series, his, uh, what is it, resource vault, all of that stuff that Stephen produces. You're going to find that over at aerospaceleader.com, aerospaceleader.com. And then for me, you can find everything about me and and everything I'm producing and and sharing out there for you guys at CredibleLeaders.com. So be sure you hit all those websites up for all the information that we're sharing with you. And again, next week, we're going to come to you with episode number 25, where we're going to talk about encouraging losing teams. But until we speak again from Stephen and I both, be blessed and lead well.